Okay, well, we've been doing a series called Simply Follow Me. And what we've been looking at is the fact that following Jesus is actually meant to be straightforward. doesn't mean that it's easy, but it should be straightforward. It should be easy to understand. It should be simple to understand what Jesus is saying. Because God actually tells us in His Word that no matter who we are, we should actually understand the things of God. It doesn't matter. You don't have to be a scholar to understand the things of God. It actually should be. If you have a heart and a desire to follow the things of God, that God will reveal what he needs to to you. That's how his Holy Spirit works. But I don't know about you, but sometimes this is how I feel. So today I don't feel like doing anything. (laughs) That's why I'm wearing my tracksuit pants. Because when I wear my tracksuit pants, it means I'm either going to be spending all day at home or I'm just going to do nothing. Normally, I don't do nothing, but do you mean like one of those days where you just do not feel like doing anything? You do want to just lay in your bed and just think, can I just stay here for longer? And how long can I stay here before I have to actually get up? And I wonder if some of you felt like that this morning. I was going to say, I know two people that did. Matt told me that he woke up okay. He was awake enough when he woke up, but as we're driving to church, he's like, I'm getting tired and tired at each moment he's going. And there would be some people that last night planned to be here and this morning never made it. And for some reason, that could be just because bread is really, really comfortable. And sometimes we actually just do not feel like doing anything. So the question is, when we feel like that, what do we actually do? Because sometimes when we come to work, sometimes we go to work and our aim at work is to try and do as little as possible to look busy without anybody knowing that we're really just doing nothing. Or in Australia, we're actually really, really good at, like, at having sickies. Now, a sickie, if you don't know, is when you call in sick when you're really not sick. If you're a teacher, I don't know if you know this or if this is true, but I caught up with my friend um, who's a teacher and I said to her, what am I doing catching up with you on a school day? And she said, oh, I'm having a mental health day. I've got so many things going on. And so I needed to go check out, you know, go to the shops and go to the bank and do a few things. And so there's, as I said, Melissa, I don't know if this is true or not. Do you have like mental health days that like you can take? Or maybe that was just her word for it. I don't know how it works. But she really wasn't sick, but she had planned to take the day off because she just wanted to. Bed, as I already talked about. This is a big one for me. Who can be bothered cleaning up when you're just going to get messy again? That's why I've got a dishwasher, so I can put everything in the dishwasher, press a button, and hopefully it just all magically does it, and then I just put more stuff in. Once, I, um, at our old house, we didn't have a dishwasher, and we had people over and had all these dishes, and so I rang up my mum who lived like 15 minutes away at the time from my house, and I rang her up and I said, hey, mum... Can I come over and do the dishes at your house? She's like, what? I said, I've got all these dishes. Can I come and put them in your dishwasher? And so I got a, I got a, I know, 
I said, how much? This is, you should be pleased when my house is clean because this is how much I do not like cleaning. So I got a washing basket and piled all the dishes into the washing basket, put it in my car, drove the 15 minutes and had a nice time chatting to my mum as I put things in the dishwasher, pressed the button, let it do it, emptied the dishwasher, filled it up again, pressed it, did that about three times. It was all done. I'm like, what a nice way of spending the afternoon <laughs> doing the dishes. And I got them all done, but I didn't feel like doing them. So find an easier way. Um, sometimes you just don't feel like talking to someone. So you, that's what mobile phones are really good for, because you can see who's ringing and then decide if you're going to answer it or not. I actually don't do that. I actually do answer the phone. So if I miss your call, it's not Columbus. I'm really going to feel like I don't want to talk to them. I really don't want to talk to people. Um, but sometimes even when we pray, I just don't feel like it today. So I'm not, even though I want to go to that prayer meeting or I know it's on and I'm normally there today, I just don't feel like it. Just not going to do it. Just not going to pray at all today just because I don't feel like it. Reading the Bible, I just really don't feel like it today. And God doesn't want me to be religious. So I, better not, I'm not, I just don't want to be religious about it. So because I don't feel like it, let's just not read the Bible. Worship. Don't feel like worshipping, so let's just not. And when it comes to simply following me, Lots of the things we talked about, it can be easy to go, you know what, I just don't feel like it. And sometimes that lasts for a moment, but for some of us, that actually lasts for years. That we actually just do not feel like it. And when we don't feel like it, it puts us in a really interesting position, because what do we actually do about that? So what I want to do today is talk about worship. And what do we do when we don't feel like worshipping? But what we're talking about can be related to any one of the things that we're talking about, especially when it comes to the things that God has actually called us to do. So if God has called us to do something and we don't feel like it, what do we actually do? But we're going to focus on worship. Now, to begin with, it's probably good to actually define what I mean by worship. Because worship is a full life response to the object of our worship. When we truly worship something, it affects the way that we live. So it's not about singing songs, even though for some of us, that is the way that we give honour to God. But worship can be used in any, actually any form. Your world can revolve around the football season and who's playing and when they're playing. Like my sister is normally quite a social person but during the footy season, she loves watching Friday night football. So she will plan her life, if she can, so that on Friday night she's at home watching football because that's what she enjoys doing. So if you want to have her over or do stuff, you go, you want to do something on Saturday? Yep, good. Because Friday night football is such a great game normally. She can sit there, she can enjoy herself and she can watch the footy. And for some of us, the thing that we worship is actually not God, but it can be lots of different things. We can worship our family. And so everything that we do revolves around what our family does, what our kids do. Anything that affects the way we live can be an object of our worship. And so we're not talking about singing songs. We're talking about actually giving honour and worth to, in this case, God. And that's what worship is. And you can do that in so many different ways. Um, And God actually wants us to do that in every 
possible way. So just thought it'd be, it's really good to understand we're not talking about singing songs because like that just, yeah, helps us to define that. So all of these things can actually be worship. I can worship while I'm at work. I can worship when I wake up. I can worship when I pray, when I'm cleaning, when I'm not talking to someone probably isn't worship unless it's... Um, but worship is actually the way that we live our life to give worth to the one that we honour and serve. Um, so what do you do when you don't feel like worshipping? Which pretty much means what do you do when you know that God wants you to do something but you actually don't feel like it? So what happens in our household is I drive the kids to school and we chat about life and whatnot. And normally if I'm doing um, the message on church, they'll ask, oh, what are you doing the message on and what's it about? And we'll talk about it. So today I asked the kids, or this week I asked the kids, what do you do when you don't feel like worshipping? So these were their answers, okay? So Catherine said, do it anyway. Um, when, and then Daniel said, Think about all the good stuff that God has done. Now, when I, the kids always like it, seeing the slides I'm putting up and the different things. So when they saw this slide, Catherine's like, oh, can I change my answer? Can I make it longer and more like <laughs> detailed? I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm just going to leave it to what you actually said. But I think I've got pretty smart kids. Because actually... When you don't feel like it, there is a part of it that says we should actually just do it anyway. Because if we are worshipping God, if we are serving God, if we've made that choice, there are some times when you've got to just do it anyway. And thinking about all the good stuff that God has done actually helps us to get in a place of wanting to worship. This is what the Bible says in John 4. Yet a time is coming that has now come and has now come when the true worshipper will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshippers must spirit, worship him in spirit and in truth. I think this is getting too close to my, it's all good. Um, in spirit and in truth. So we need to worship in spirit and in truth. So what does it actually mean? So let's look at the easier of the two, truth. If we're worshipping in truth, that means that we are worshipping in what is actually true. And God and what God says is what is true. So those are the things that we hold on to. But what it also means is that we worship from where we actually are. So that we don't pretend that everything's good and everything's fine when it's not. We can actually worship God when we don't feel like it and when things are not going well, we can actually worship him in that space. And David did it really, really well. Let me read Psalm 13 to you. This is David um, and what he says. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemies triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemies will say, I have overcome him. And my foes will rejoice when I fall. So David's not having a great time. 
Things are not going well and he's feeling it. But the very last two verses in Psalm 13 says this, But I will trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. And that's the perspective that we can come to worship. Because we're still actually worshipping God. Because we're bringing the truth of the situation to him. Saying, God, how long will you let this happen? You can stop it. I know you. I know who you are. Do something here. I trust you. I trust in your unfailing love. I know that you are good. And that can be worship. And that is worship. And worship in spirit is worship that is not about the here and now. It's, not, it's about what our spirit actually knows and what our spirit actually says. And the Holy Spirit lives inside of us to help us to actually worship in who God is and not in the circumstances that we find ourselves in. So the circumstances should not actually dictate our worship. Who we worship dictates our worship. Romans 12, 1-2 says this, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing and perfect will. So offering our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. Sometimes just doing it and the sacrifice it takes is actually what is worshipful to God. Because we are saying it's actually not about me, it's about you. It's not about how I feel, it's about who you are and who you are never changes. So I am going to sacrifice myself and hand myself over to you. I'm going to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. What's that about? When you just don't feel like it? Oh, sorry, I forgot about this part. Oh, I'm just going to skip that part because... Okay, hang on, let me go back. Uh, cool. We'll get back to the fact that the renewing of your heart mind a bit more because I thought I had that next, but I've got it further down the track. So we'll just skip that part and come back to it, okay? So when you don't just feel like it, Jesus actually tells us, if anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Forever will save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? So again, we see sometimes we have to actually deny what we want and do what we know God wants us to do. And when we think of taking up the cross, we think of how heavy it is. It's such a burden. You had to carry it everywhere. But when people were saying this, when Jesus was saying this, they actually thought cross means death. Because that's what happens. So you have to actually deny yourself, die to yourself, die to what you actually are feeling because you are following and worshipping God. And so what he says needs to be more important than how we feel. So Matthew, this is his Facebook profile. I don't have many pictures of Matt. So when I saw that he put this on Facebook, I'm like, fantastic. I've got the kids in there. I can't let Matt feel like he's missing out. 
So oh, for those, I'm pretty sure everybody knows this is Matt. He's my husband. Um, I just figured there might be people that don't. But anyway, um, so when it comes to Matt, I can think a number of things about him. Just calm down. Yeah, well, yeah, you guys can do the same thing. You could probably, all of you know him well enough, you could probably finish this sentence. Matt is annoying. That's what Catherine would say. Catherine thinks that Matt needs a T-shirt that says, I am annoying because Matt loves annoying Catherine and Catherine loves Matt annoying her. But he always says, oh, Daddy, you're just so annoying. Um, and I find, sometimes find Matt a very annoying. <laughs> There's some things that I tell him that I do not like, and he does it anyway, even though he knows I don't like it. And it can be annoying. But anyway, he knows this. This isn't like a conversation just so I can tell Matt what I find annoying about him. <laughs> but if I concentrate on how annoying Matt is all the time, and if that's what I think about, and if that's what I tell other people, and if that's what I tell myself, my relationship with Matt is not going to be that great. Because if all I'm thinking is, oh, how annoying is Matt? Boy, I so don't like it when he does. Duh. Boy, I just get so frustrated. And if I spend my day doing that, when I see him at night, I'm going to be thinking about how annoying he is. And my reaction to him is going to be, you're annoying. And when he talks even, sometimes I might think, I don't care what you're saying because you're annoying. And all you're thinking about is how annoying he is. Now, Matt is not just annoying. <laughs> Matt is generous. So if I spend my day thinking, boy, my husband is so generous. He's so thoughtful. I know I just put another word in there, but he's so wonderful. Boy, he works so hard for us. How am I going to feel when he walks in the door? I'm going to feel, boy, what a wonderful husband I have. And so when he annoys me, I'm going to go, I don't really care because you're wonderful. Because what I focus on can dictate how I actually feel and can dictate how I actually do that. Now, this isn't just marriage advice, even though it is pretty good to actually remember this if you're in a relationship, that how you think about someone does dictate the way that you respond to them, even when they're not doing anything. Doreen, like, it can happen. If you're feeling how annoying somebody is, like even with the kids, if your kids, if you spend the whole day going, boy, the kids just do nothing, they never listen to me, and then they come home and they do one thing that is nothing, you like snap at them because you've been thinking all day how frustrated you are with them. It happens. But it happens with God too. And how we actually view God can dictate how we actually feel about him and how hard or easy it is to actually worship him. Second Chronicles 10.5, Bron, this verse is just for you. I know how much you love it. Um, say, we demonish arguments in every pretense that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I think sometimes we don't do this very well. We listen to everybody else and don't actually put it up and say, what is the truth that God is saying and does this line up with it? 
And if it does line up with it, fantastic. But if it doesn't, this verse tells us that we are to demolish arguments in every precinct that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. So if there's thoughts that come in, if people are telling us the things that we're watching, the things that we're listening to are actually going against the things of God, it can be really hard for us not to think that way. But what we need to do is instead of just accepting everything that everybody tells us, but to say, what is the truth? What does God say? How does this marry up? If it doesn't marry up, I've got to take it captive and not let it dictate how I think or how I feel. I am a big feeler. And a long time ago, I remember sitting in a um, lecture and someone asking the question, what comes first, your thinking or your feelings? And I went, feelings. But this person very rightly went on to actually explain, not just to me, but to the group of us, that how we think actually impacts on how we feel. But sometimes we feel so strongly and our thoughts are so subconscious, we're not actually conscious of what we're thinking. But if we are thinking something, that is what actually happens first. And then, most of the time, there are sometimes when you bang your foot, you don't actually you know, think, oh no, I bang my foot, you feel, oh yeah, that hurts. So it's not all the time, but the majority of the time, the way that we feel is actually dictated by what we're actually thinking about. Um, and I think God knew this, amazingly enough. Because in Philippians, he tells us, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the peace of God will be with you. When we think about the things of God, we think about the truth of who God is, it actually helps us to feel like worshipping him. So Daniel and Catherine are both right. When we don't feel like worshipping, doing what God's asked us to do, sometimes it's doing it anyway. Sometimes it's God, you have called me to do this and that is enough for me. And so even though I don't feel like it, I'm going to do it anyway because that's what I do. And there's sometimes I don't feel like cooking tea for my family, but I still cook it. Sometimes I get a takeaway, so I don't do that. But like, some, you know, sometimes we all have to do things we don't feel like doing. And if we only did what we felt like doing, boy, would we be in a lot of strife. We waited to feel like it. Half of the time, we would be sitting in bed, staring up at the ceiling, doing nothing. But thinking about the good things that God has done actually changes our perspective. So instead of doing it out of sacrifice, we actually do it out of desire. And actually asking God to give us the desire to worship Him is the best place to start. Because the Holy Spirit is within us. And the Holy Spirit's job is to remind us of who God is. He's to be our counsellor. And part of that is actually going, hey, God is good. And that alone, just that statement, God is good, we should spend the rest of our lives worshipping God because he is good. And worshipping, meaning following him, meaning doing what he says, living a life that's pleasing to him, not just singing a song 
even though I like to sing, even though I can't. Um, but worshipping is not about singing a song. It's about living a life that gives worth to the one that we follow. Um, I'm going to play a song now. Um, and what I want us just to do is, while we listen to this song, is just spend some time thinking about who your God is. Um, spend some time reminding yourself that you worship a God that is loving, that is merciful. And if you don't feel like worshipping him today, ask him to help you. Because God is there to be our guide and our help in time of need. So we're going to just listen to this song and then um, the worship team is going to come up and we're going to sing some more songs. But for some people, singing songs is not the way that you worship God. Sometimes it's writing, sometimes it's praying, sometimes it's reading God's word, sometimes it's looking at creation. I don't have any creation for you to look at, sorry. Well, you can look at each other because we're God's creation. But as some of us sing, if singing is not your thing, do whatever it is that's going to give honour and glory to the great God that we serve. So if you need to get some paper and write, if you want to just pray, if you want to just sit silently, if you, whatever you want to do, let's actually worship God because he is worth it, not because we feel like it, not because we like the songs that are being chosen, not because of any other reason, but because he is worthy of all that we can give him. And even when we don't feel like it, sometimes that's the best place to worship him. When we don't feel like it, when things are crap and we just don't know what to do, actually coming back to God and saying, God, I'm going to remember who you are, is the best place to start. <laughs> 